live in a world bombarded with noise. Advertising, social media, self-help initiatives, and an unending amount of information at our fingertips. With so many voices competing for our attention and attempting to direct our lives, how do we know which one to listen to? And in the midst of the noise, how do we determine the will of God? Can his voice be heard above all the others? Tune in and listen. How was your week? Oh, fantastic. Great. Blessed. Amen. Amazing. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. You see, um, it's, it's our responsibility to declare how weak was and how weak will be. You know that. Uh, because if you don't determine that, it will be determined for you by the circumstances, by the things you see, by the negative words you hear. But you've got to say it first, right? Get in line very quickly. Don't be the last one, especially when it comes to you, your life, taking responsibility for yourself. You should be the first that speaks. Speak it first before any other person gives their own opinion. You know, I want to start with John 10.10 10 this morning, but before, before that, let's pray. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus Christ for your word is coming to us alive. And Father, it will find its place in our spirit. It will change our mindset. It will help us to identify exactly where we are right now and where you are taking us. And every form of distraction, I rebuke and reject in the name of Jesus. And as we receive your word, let it grow. Let it grow our spirit. And let us continue to see clearly where you are leading us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. All right. John 10, 10. Now, I want to welcome those who are joining us for the very first time today, both here and online. I'd like to welcome you. God bless you. And for those that we've not seen for a very long time, it's good to be able to see you again. Are you ready for the conference? Yes? It's coming closer. You don't look excited. Only one or two people. Okay, let's start again. Are you ready for the conference? Yes, yes, yes. You see, the, the thing is, um, if the devil had his way, we wouldn't have the conference this year. But he knew whether or not the, you know, the restrictions are lifted, we'll still have our conference. We'll, we'll still have it. Why? Because it's an opportunity for us to celebrate God for what he's been doing in our lives and for what he continues to do. So this year is going to be the best yet. Praise God. And we're putting so many things together, and we're having a, you know, you know, a few things here and there. Yes, we probably might not be able to bring in someone from Hawaii, but we, we are doing something amazing to not only just tell the devil that God has been good to us, but to also reveal to the world that, hey, it's our time to shine. Praise God. And it's our time to shine because God has set for us the next season. And we've got to be able to sing it, shout it, dream it, speak it, eat it. 
Praise God. Let it be part and parcel of our spirit in Jesus' name. So it starts on the 12th, uh, which is a Friday. And that Friday night is going to be worship night. Praise God. Just worshiping the Lord. And we are not just only um, having people worship only in this room, but both here online. And there are people, you know, they probably might not be able to join us physically, but they are going to be joining us live from places like Canada, the UK, by the grace of God. Praise God. So there's so much that is being planned, so much going on behind the scenes. Um, and, you know, let's continue to pray, not just only for the success of the event, but for the redemption of souls in the name of Jesus. So that the gospel can, through many ways, through many means, be communicated to their spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Verse number 10, John 10. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. Guess who is speaking? Only one person can speak that way. That's Jesus Christ. So he gives us the identity of the thief. Whenever you see anything that steals or you see anything that kills or see anything that has the capacity to destroy, he said, call him a thief. And that thief is the devil. He comes for every good thing that, co that comes to you. You know, God has given you everything that you ever need for life and godliness, but guess what? The devil does not want you to have it. Do you know why? Because he can't have it. And because he can't have it, he doesn't want you to have joy. He doesn't want you to have peace. He doesn't want you to see, you know, goodness in your relationship. So what is he going to do? He's going to steal it, try to steal it. And it's not just enough for him to steal it he, because he doesn't stop there. He'll kill it. And that's still not enough for him. He will completely annihilate it as though it never existed. But what did Jesus say? He said, but I've come. I, I like it. I like it. He said, but I've come. I've come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. And what is life? Life is not just breathing and being alive, existing. That's not just life. Life is more than, you know, just existing. Life is having the best that God has to offer. Praise God. It's having the best. And what is the best? And that is where your dreams, your visions, and prophecies start to play. Because God has given you everything you ever need. That's where Peter's. He said, God has given us everything we ever need for life and godliness. So if he gave us everything we ever need for life and godliness, is it for us to just keep it or for us to look at it and go, oh, well, I wish, or to leave it? We're meant to leave it to the fullest. And that's what Jesus is saying, saying but I've come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Have life. So if the life that Jesus was talking about was, was just to breathe in oxygen and breathe out carbon dioxide, and then he says, have it more abundantly, how much oxygen can you breathe in at the same time? That's not what he's talking about. He wants you to live life to the fullest, to enjoy it. To enjoy it. How many of you would like to enjoy life? Praise God. Okay, next question. How many of you are enjoying life? Hallelujah. 
Because enjoying life is a mindset. Can I say that? It's a mindset. Because the things that the devil steals and kills and destroys, it's not your car. He doesn't grab a hold of your wallet. It's your mindset. He deals with your mind, your gun. You know, the, the person who wins lottery of $50 million today is his mindset whether or not he's able to keep it for the next five years. There are those who win, and then in the next five years, they back down to homelessness. It's a mindset. So the first thing it does to you is to tickle your mind. And you go, ah. You say, ah, it gets his attention. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. It says things to you, and you go, oh, let me go think about it. And you sit down on your own, and you are thinking. They said, I'm not good enough. Really, actually, I'm not good at this. Guess who you are communicating with? You are communicating with a very evil. Don't have conversation with him. Hear what Jesus said, I have come, that they might have life. They might have life. Have you ever found yourself in a place, I don't want to see, I don't want to see anybody. I just don't feel like seeing anybody. Everyone feels like they irritate me. Seriously. You know, if I were you, I would wake up from that sleep. Because that's a nightmare. Oh, wake up. Because we are made to have fellowship. We're made to do life together. So when you find yourself no longer wanting to do life with each other, hey, guess what he's doing? He's stealing your joy. He's stealing your freedom. And that's what he wants to do. And completely annihilate your very existence. And where does it start again? Your mind. You know, on Friday, we were talking about decluttering your mind. Declutter. There's so many things cluttering your mind. Put them apart. Remove the things that are unuseful anymore. We talked about, you know, you go to the pantry, you see the pantry is full. But you pick up a, a jar or a, a can of food and you look at it. It's expired, but it's still sitting there. You see, in your mind, the pantry is full. But in actual fact, very few you can make use of. It's time to take out the expired product. Praise God. It's time to take out the expired product and it's time to look at the best before. They say best before the 18th of June 2021 and it's still sitting in your pantry unopened and you are not planning to use it in the next two days. And then you justify the reason why it's still there. They say it's best before so it's not expired. At what point are you going to throw it out? Because it didn't say consume by. It said best before. Best before you can extend it to 2025. Right? Even if they say best before June 2021, you can still leave it there and thinking I'll make use of it when? And justifying the reason why it's still there. At times there are things going on in our mind. You, you're justifying why you are still thinking that way. You are justifying, well, you know, the background that I came from. You are justifying, you know, the kind of relationship that I had. Best before. No, it's time to get rid of that idea and plant yourself back in the path that Jesus has set for you. I have come that they might enjoy life and enjoy it to the fullest. Hallelujah. So, this morning, I want to talk about what I've titled Ransomware. 
Now, ransomware is, is a virus. And for those of you, in the, you know, who are very good with IT, it's a virus, which when it attacks your system, they lock access to your valuables. Right? So you can no longer access what is valuable to you until you pay a ransom for it. For you to be given a code to unlock what already is yours. So I checked it out. It says, hackers use malicious software to lock and encrypt the files on your computer. Your computer, not theirs. He said, they can then hold these files hostage, disabling you from accessing your data until you pay a ransom. So when you do pay, they may or may not give you a decryption key to regain access. So they gain the power to control what is rightly yours. And how do they do that? You know how they do that? Let's go IT a little bit. Is that okay? You leave your computer unguarded, they infiltrate. Right? You visit some weird websites. Every website that pops up, you click. They infiltrate. True? Now, it's not, it's not, when I say weird website, it's not all websites that are terrible. But if every website that comes up with an ad that targets you, new shoes, new Apple wristwatch, come on, new, so all of those new things that pops up when you didn't ask for them, as though you don't know where to go to find them, and you click on them, it opens the door for hackers to gain access. They don't hack everybody's computer. They target those who they want to hack. No, they won't hack a primary school kid's computer because they have already checked there's nothing that you, know, you can pay to ransom. No, they will, they will hack a big, a big business or a potentially big organization. Why? Because what you have, they want it. They can't make use of your file, but they can use it against you. Are you still here? All right. So let's think about that. As God's people, who have the very life of God, and the devil is looking for every way possible to infiltrate you and steal what rightly belongs to you. And one of the programs that pops up at times is you've made a commitment to God to be committed in a certain way and then you find an excuse. Something comes up and you go, ah, not today. God, you understand, right? Does God understand? Yes, he does. But who are you playing with? Your growth, your future. Say, but God understands. I, I don't have to pray today. I can pray, I can, you know, I can pray tomorrow. But do you, why do you think the Holy Spirit are putting in your heart at that very moment to pray? 
at that very moment. You're opening the door. You click on that. Sorry, pardon me if I say this. You click on that laziness. <laughs> you click on that procrastination. It's easy. You know, it's, I, I, I like this kid's uh, you know, song, but it's the weirdest and wrongest song. But he said, we are the pirates who don't do anything. We just stay home and lie around. And if you ask us to do anything, we just tell you we don't do anything. And they, they play that to the kids all the time. And think about it, how kids who grew up on that would ever want to do anything. And everyone wants to have a lazy day. Everyone wants to have a holiday. But check if your lazy day or your holiday or your day off is worth it. You know, you take a day off spiritually, you pay for it for a very long time. You pay for it. Why? And I'm not here to threaten you at all, but I'm saying to you that the devil does not stop trying to gain access to your computer. He tries today, he can't gain access, he will try again. He'll keep trying. But all you've got to do is to keep your computer updated with the new software. Keep it updated with the new antivirus. Keep it updated. Because the antivirus you installed two years ago may no longer be, you know, have the capacity to hold back any uh, new attacks. It may no longer have it. He said, but it's God's word that I received. But no, it's not about the God's word potential. It's about your potential to still act on the God's word that you received. Yeah. Are you still acting on what inspired you two years ago? You see, at times, we get inspired in a particular service, and you go, wow, I'm, I'm making a change. I'm changing things around. And then, two weeks later, you're back in the same old habit. Keep your computer updated. Otherwise, there's going to be an infiltration that will not only just impact on you temporarily, it will impact on your future and possibly generations. Are you still here? So when the devil wants to hack, it starts with your thoughts, your thought pattern. And when he hacks your thought pattern, you feel like, oh, well, um, you know, some people even get to the point where they feel things, things are too small for them to get engaged in. No, this is too, too menial for me. But God is thinking, hey, but I thought you were serving me. Or have you started to serve yourself? He said, no, 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 I, I, can, I, can, I, can, I can sweep the floor. I, can, I can't wash the toilet. Do, do you wash yours at home? Should I be visiting? No, I, I can't do this. I can't join the kids' church. I can't join this. I can't join that. When, when did you start serving yourself? No, no, I can't, I, I can't preach to my neighbor. Uh, they don't say hi to me, so I don't say hi to them. We don't see eye to eye. When are you going to change that pattern of thought? Church is too far away. I'd rather just sit back and watch it online. Seriously. Online season has passed. 
when are you going to wake up? And I'm speaking to those who are in Sydney. Praise God. You are in Sydney and you are still watching us online. Repent. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Don't let it come to the point where you only take the easy way out. It's easy. Now it's easy. I'll just, I'll just, you know, just before service, I'll wake up and have a shower and then just sit down there and watch them. Yeah, they're always good online. You only get half online. You don't get to enjoy the fellowship that we have face to face. You know that. And guess what? The devil wants to isolate you. He wants to isolate you. And there are some people as well, even when it's going on online live right now, they don't even engage live. They make church on demand. I'll watch it later. I'll just sleep in now. I'll watch it when I wake up. Brother, the devil is hacking your system. What are you going to do about it? Because after hacking your thought pattern, it will hack your friends. It will hack your family. It will hack your relationship. Then, it will hack your attitude. We, 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 we then start to tend to have this attitude of, I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered. And then starts to act, hack your spiritual life itself. It hacks it. Unbelief starts to set in. What, 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 what do you think happened to Job? You know, some of us have read the book of Job and, you know, and probably looked at it from a very in interesting way, thinking it was God who did the thing to him. God did nothing to Job. It was his thought pattern. Study. You realize Job had a particular thought pattern that even though God loved him and put a hedge of protection around him, what actually took that hedge of protection away was his thought pattern, his fear. Something that I fear most. Study it. Book of Job. Not too long. <laughs> Praise God. So it, is, it was his thought pattern that removed the hedge that allowed hackers to go through his computer and got access to everything he owned. They got access to his family. They got access to, you know, his business. They even got access to his health. They made an impact on his wife, and his wife said, you know what is going on, don't you? It's because you're still, you know, um, faithful to God. Do you think Job's wife was a devil? She wasn't. Actually, her response was from a place of love. Her response was, Job, you're suffering. No one wants to see who, who they love suffer. Say, Job, you're suffering. You and I know what will get our, you out of this suffering. How about just curse God? And when he's saying curse God, in other words, don't no longer make him your mountain. No, no longer make him your hiding place. Just, just 
Relinquish your trust in him. David said, you are my hiding place, my tower of strength. And perhaps David got those ideas from Job because Job lived a long time before David. He must have studied these guys and go, I'm not going that path. Praise God. And that is why in Psalm 51, he said, restore unto me the joy of your salvation. In other words, I'm being hacked, God. I need you to update me. Update me. Help me. Stay current with your word. I know that a tree that is planted by the streams of water, they never lose its, its leaves. Someone. They always bear fruit in season. And whatever they do, prosper. So Lord, update me. So Job, Job was there. Job went through issues. Um, you know, Job would think everything was a sin. Everything with Job was a sin. So guess what he would do? He would make a sacrifice. He would make a sacrifice. Everything he did, you know, you laugh and you don't laugh well. It feels like, ah, oh, are you sure that didn't, you know, offend God? Let's make a sacrifice. Uh, you know, everything about him was a sin. So and, and, and who knows what informed that? And that is why it's important that you have your own personal relationship with God. You can't have a relationship by proxy. It's got to be directly with God. Jesus does not even want to stand on your way. Some people have levels, you know, layers of people standing on their way to reach God. It's either angels or dead saints or, you know, you, you understand? Or, or then you look at Mary, you know, Virgin Mary, help me. You know, or whoever, or your, your dad or your mom that has passed on. Say, so, mom, pray for me. No. Jesus said, don't even put me there. Because the father himself loves you. That's what he said. He said, the father himself loves you. So in that day, you will ask me nothing. Study the book of John. I won't give you the chapter so that at least you can go find it for yourself. Praise God. He said, in that day, you will ask me nothing, but I say unto you verily, whatsoever you shall ask the Father, in my name, he will do it for you. So he's saying, take out the layers that stops your access and go straight. Talk to him. Because when you know you have access, you are completely and continuously plugged into power. You know, on your phones at times, some of you don't even know what, when your phone updates itself. But that's when you set it to automatic update. But if you've not set it to automatic update, it will only prompt you. When you are on a call, it tells you your phone is about to die because you're not updated. Or when you're about to look at a particular email, it says, well, you're not updated to view that email. You know, I had a brother this morning say, my phone is not updated to view those things. I'm thinking, brother, wake up. <laughs> and how about automatic update? And how do you automatically update yourself with the word of God? By finding yourself where he wants you every time. Be at church. Study his word. His word is very close to you. He's even closer to you now than he's ever been. And actually, literally, 
on your phone, you can download your Bible app, you can have your physical one, whatever you want to do. There are people who used to be shy of carrying their Bibles around. Now you have it in your phone. So what's your excuse now? And you have several versions. Because another excuse was, ah, King James Version. King James, ah, we can't understand the language. You have good news translation. You have new, new international version. You have easy to read translation. Start from somewhere. The devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Praise God. So I want to give you, because my time is running, I want to give you only three points. Now, I know I've mentioned a billion of them already. But only three points that I, I want you to take away today. Number one, you know, three points on how to deal with ransomware or to keep hackers away. Clearly identify your bad, unproductive habits. You know what's unproductive for you. For everyone, it's different. Identify them. Because if you don't identify them, you can't, you can't work on them. Identify them. What is stopping you from growing spiritually? What is stopping you from making, you know, long strides? in your life, both spiritually, physically, relation, relationship-wise, and in, in many other aspects of your life. So identify those things. What are these things? What are these things? And not all of them are, um, we started talking about something on Friday. Not, of the, not all of them is a sin, but it can just be a weight that holds you down. Right? Hebrews chapter 12. Now I'm reading from the King James Version, verse number one. It says, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, so let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of, of the throne of God. And he, went, and he kept going with that. And I love it. But the part that I want you to see is, let us lay aside. Lay aside. In other words, get rid of. Every weight and sin. Now, at this very moment, I'm not interested about the sin because you know. But I'm interested about the weight. Because we think the only thing that holds us back is the sin. No. It's one of the things that may hold us back. But also the weight. And the weight could be a habit. That is not sinful. 
but it doesn't allow you to move forward either. You know, every time I, I look at this scripture, something comes to mind. When we're growing up, wearing jeans was a sin. Yeah, if you wore a jean, I can see yours. <laughs> if, if you wore a jean, you're a sinner, completely. Because they, th- they said jean, you know, came, you know, came from the underworld. That's what they used to say. Oh, God. And some of you know some people believe that. Watching TV was a sin. You have TV. You get born again. You go destroy your TV. It's almost like an idol. But can I be honest with you? TV is not a sin, but it can be a weight for some people. Not everyone who have a TV it's a weight on. But for some, if you can no longer distance yourself from your iPads, like you know five-year-old, ten-year-old kids then it becomes a weight. There's a new parent in town. It's called the iPad. Right? You give a child an iPad, you can go to the shops and come back. They don't even know if you, have got, if you left the house. The only moment where, you know, they feel like the life is ending is when Wi-Fi drops. And they feel like, oh, God, what's going on? So is the iPad bad? No. If it was bad, you wouldn't buy it for them. But now that they are getting too engrossed in it, you're thinking, oh no. The family time is in the iPad. The food time. At times, they don't even know when there is lunch or whether or not there's lunch time. You know, at times, I walk into the room and probably I've been in the meeting, and I walk into the room, my kids are on their iPad, and I'm thinking, your lunch has been ready. What is going on? Will the food eat itself? At times you beg them, please eat. Because there's a new parent in town, and they are all fixated on the iPad. And guess what? One day, was it last week we did? One day I thought, okay, let's try something. So I went and turned off the internet. I took permission before I turned it off. They they didn't hear me. I told them, I'm about to turn off the, you know, turn off the modem. I said, all right, dad, all right, dad. They didn't hear me. And then I went and turned it off. And after about three minutes, everything has fallen apart. I saw one came out of the room. I said, dad, my iPad is not working. I said, it's broken. <laughs> and then, gradually, they went to put their iPads away. And then one of them came to me and said, Dad, I'm bored. I said, you're not. Go outside. There's a trampoline. Go and jump. Keep active. Do something else. Dad, I jumped yesterday. Whatever. Do it again. Get a book. But I've been reading books on my iPad. No, get a physical one. Why? Because iPad is not a sin, but it's become a weight. They just sit on it. And we're talking about children, but also impacts on adults. You sit on your phone all day. You are on social media, Facebook, all day. There's nothing wrong with Facebook, but there's something wrong with you. Sorry I'm hard. 
But, but it's true. But he says, let us run with patience the race that is set ahead of us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Can we talk about one more thing? Instant gratification. Instant gratification. You see, what is gratifying you at this very moment might not be wrong. But it might just be the wrong time. And if it's the wrong time, then it's wrong for you. Instant gratification. Let's do it now. And it's informed, especially in our young ones, it's informed by the concept of YOLO. You only live once. No, we have a long life to live, may I tell you. The life that we live here on earth is the shortest that we have to live. There's eternal life set ahead of us. Praise God. So, guess what? Identify your bad, unproductive habits. And then, number two, define your new successful habit. What are you intending to do about those habits? Are you going to eradicate them? Are you going to wean yourself off them gradually? Or you're going to cut them off completely? There are some people who might be able to wean themselves off gradually. If it's sin, I say cut it off. If it's a weight, I say wean yourself off gradually so that you don't have withdrawal symptoms. It's true. Withdrawal symptoms at times is worse than the other side. Okay? So, wean yourself off gradually. Make appropriate plans for yourself. Today, I'm going to do this and commit to it. All right? Then number three. You ready for it? Create a three-part action plan. What will I do? Nicodemus came to Jesus and, and said, Jesus, what must I do to be saved? He didn't just think about it when he came to Jesus. He must have been thinking about it. He probably has, has heard John the Baptist talk about it. He probably might have read from, from the scrolls in, in, you know, in the temple. And now he sees someone who declares himself as the way, the truth, and life. And he thought, I've got to ask him. There's this void in my spirit that I can't feel myself. I can't feel it with education. I can't feel it with relationship. I can't feel it with any other thing that seems nice. So I've got to go to the source and ask him, Jesus, what must I do to be saved, to have eternal life? Chapter 8, John. And that will be my last scripture. Oh, sorry, chapter 3. Not chapter 8. Chapter 3. Verse number three, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Can we pause there for a moment? Yes. Say, but I'm already born again, Michael, so why are you preaching the gospel to the converted? This is why. Because at times we get born again, so born again that we are no longer born again. Because we are no longer receiving something fresh. We are stuck in our old ways. We no longer expect miracles and, and beautiful, amazing things from God. We feel this is where we are, just as I am, Lord, you know, as it was in the beginning. It doesn't continue that way. 
God speaks to us every day if you're willing, if you care to listen. Speaks to us every day. He, he sets out a, a plan ahead for us every day. He sets out goals for us every day. Dreams are there for us every day. Every day. Something to dream about and believe for and reach. Reach for. He settles out every day. So don't become complacent with your ways. So what must I do? You know, Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot see. He cannot see. I love when Jesus said see. In, all, in other words, except a man be born again, he can't even think. He can't visualize the kingdom of God. He can't see it. Regardless of how much you tell him about it, he can't see this life that Jesus said, I've come to give them life. He can't see the enjoyment in God. See, except a man be born again. So in other words, when you are born again, your eyes, your vision become clear. You now have a new purpose. So except a man be born again. So Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very, very, I say unto you, Except a man be born of water. And what is water? The word of God. The word of God, thank you. The word of God. And of the spirit. And of the spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. You think about it in the fleshy way, that's where it ends. You think about it according to the spirit, that is where it leads you. That is which is born of the flesh is flesh. You start a business based on your own ideas, that is where it leads you. But if you say, Lord, I may have skills, I may have everything that it takes, but I need you. I need you. Did I tell you John chapter 3 was the last scripture? Sorry. How about John chapter 21? And we'll come back to chapter 3 and then we end. We've got four minutes. Thank you, Lord Jesus. John 21. And just to give you a background to that scripture, this was where Peter thought, ah, Jesus, where's Jesus? Jesus is gone, you know. He rose again. We see him every now and again. But I don't think we are useful anymore. Let's go back to what we used to do. And, in, 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 you know, um, so they went back to fishing. And after these things, in verse 1, it said, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and this wise showed himself. You know, I uh, talked about Simon Peter and Thomas and Didim uh, Thomas Didymus and Nathaniel of Cana and the sons of Zebedee and two other disciples. Simon Peter said unto them, I go fishing. And he said unto him, we also come with thee, because they, they felt useless. They felt bored now. They felt, what are we going to do? But Jesus already told them, hey, until the Spirit be poured upon you from on high, Right? You know, he told them to wait. But before then, they thought, I, I, I'm bored of this life now, just waiting here for Jesus. Let's go back to what we used to do. You know, at times we feel like those friends that we cut out when we're inspired to move forward, uh, how about give them a call? How about just send them a Facebook test? How about poke them and go, I'm still here. Do you know I'm still here? Can I, can I say to you, it's, it's one of two things. You either change someone or they change you. Yeah. Done. 
Done. And that's why I always encourage, you know, Christian couples when they sit with me, I say, guys, don't ever get married to someone who is not a Christian with the mindset that you can change them. It's either you are intentionally getting married to someone who is not a Christian or you are getting married to someone who is a child of God. But don't get married to them with a mindset that I will change them because you are deceiving yourself. Do you know why? Because the reason you love them was not because of the future Christianity that they become. No, the reason you love them is because of the now, what you see now. And that will always be what you gravitate towards. Am I poking the bear? Okay. All right. So where I'm taking you to was verse number, um, where is it? Verse number 18, actually. You know, prior to verse number 18, Jesus called Peter and said, Peter, do you love me? He said, yes, I do. He said, feed my sheep. And then walked again, and Peter, do, do, do you love me? He said, ah, yes, I do. Feed my sheep. And then the third time, Peter, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And Peter got upset. And who wouldn't? When someone you feel, you think, you really love, is questioning your commitment. Jesus was not questioning his love. He was questioning his commitment. Do you love me? He said, but you know that I love you. He said, then feed my sheep. And then the next verse. Verily, verily, I say unto you, when thou wast young, thou guardest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. I'll tell you what it is. I know it's old English, but I like it this way. <laughs> okay. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another, take note of the word another, and another shall guard thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. In Jesus' name, amen. We can go home now. <laughs> All right. So basically what Jesus was saying here is when you were young, you would usually you know, dress yourself up, look nice, look sharp, and go wherever you wanted to go. So but he said, but when you are old, the word old actually was not in terms of age, but in terms of maturity. When you are mature, you no longer are the one who dress yourself up to look smart and sharp. You see, another would dress you up and, and lead you where you didn't want to go. It didn't say lead you where you always wanted. No, it leads you where you did not want to go. And the word another is exactly the same word, alos paracletus, which is the Holy Spirit. 
He said, when you are mature, the Holy Spirit becomes the one who leads you. You are no longer the one in charge of yourself. So you, you give the authority, you give the control to the Holy Spirit. So in our next season, we're not saying we are going to plan in such a way that we'll continue to uh, do it ourselves, know how to do it ourselves. No, we are saying, Holy Spirit, this is your season. You will lead us. You will cause us to dream. You will cause us to see visions. You will put the words of prophecy in our mouth. You will lead us. And because he's leading us, paths, nations are opening up to us in the name of Jesus. It's the same way. Because God's people need to first and foremost be able to enjoy the life that Jesus said, I've come to give them life. The church should be the first breadwinner of that. Hallelujah. So when you're mature, and how do you get to that maturity? And that's why we've been talking about dreams, visions, and prophecies for the last three services. On Sunday last week, we talked about dreams, visions, and prophecies. On Friday, we talked about decluttering your mind. Today, we are talking about ransomware. Don't allow the devil take hold of your thoughts, of your life. Do you know as a man thinks in his heart? So he is. In other words, if he takes hold of your thought, he can access Zoe. And if he accesses Zoe, you're done. Because you are not. You are not anything without him. John 15. Say, so without him, you can do nothing. Are you still here? All right. My time has been up. Praise God. So it, it, it's time for us to look at things that aren't working well and determine, you know what, these things, I've got to fix them. And it's your responsibility. It's your responsibility. No one can do it for you. I was talking to, uh, to, to some of our younger, um, young adults this morning, and I, I spoke to them quite hard, quite firm. And while I was speaking to them, I said to them, I said, I'm not talking to you like a baby. I'm talking to you as someone who has responsibility. So now it's time to stand up and not make excuses. It's time to stand up and do things that you, you can do. You see, excuses are the best and easiest way to get out of trouble. But it never moves you forward. It keeps you where you are. Don't make excuses. You can't go far with excuses. You can't go far. Actually, you move with excuses. You move, but I tell you where you are moving. You are in a roundabout. Yeah. But you are, are you making progress? No. But you are moving. But you are wearing away. You are putting mileage on your car. The car is getting old, but it never carried you anywhere. You are in a roundabout. But at the very moment you can stand, take responsibility, Guess what's going to happen? You exit. It's at the point of exit that you start to make progress. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can we stand on our feet? Hallelujah. Praise God. We praise you, Father. We praise you, Father. We praise you, Father. We praise you, God. We praise you, God. We praise you, God. It's no longer today. No longer. No longer will the devil have access to what you have for us. No longer will they have access to our spirit. No longer will he have access to our faith. No longer will he have access 
to what we have believed for. No longer will even have access. We block every access in the name of Jesus. We are unhackable because your spirit, your word keeps us firmly fixed. Your word keeps us in place. Your word keeps us intact. We are unhackable in the name of Jesus. 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 Every time we look at the word, we receive words that inspires us. We receive words that build our spirits. In the Masole Histara Bozek Tihiza Baste, Jujima Axtadi Romaso, Rita Blandi Yakus Adibose, Rendi Blandi Rekido, Zentu Pranse, Licti Hiso Tabasca, Limoron di Ria de Solo, Shendabricassin Nomrahaste, Locoba Antoria de Bash, Tensuk Actahiza Bounce. Bramandus Actebon, Sebahisto, Ota Linda Rabosta, Linda Bragizo Cranderiados, and Bokinum Rahasto Caste, Rumanse, Tehizan Bonse, Pante Gregorondriadasta. Thus says the Spirit of God. So I've exposed you to my word today. So it's your responsibility now to follow the light. So you've been stuck in that dark spot for a very long time. See, but I've shown the light on you. Say, follow the light. Follow the light. Say, I will, I will grant you the opportunity to see your life in a light that you've never seen it before. So I'll bring color to your life. I'll bring color to your life. if you only let me help you. So you've been thinking. You've been thinking about how difficult your life has been. So ditch that thought. And strategize what you want your life to be like. So it's your responsibility now because you can take advantage of my word for you today. Follow the light and come out of darkness. Come out of that darkness of depression. Come out of that darkness of, of anxiety. Come out of that darkness of self-loathing. Come out of that darkness of being isolated. Follow the light. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We praise you, Father. Praise you for what you do. We praise you for what you do. We praise you for what you do. Do you mind just lift your hands to Him in this place? Just worship him. Just worship him. Just worship him. The message you've heard was produced by the Transformation Edge, and we hope it has inspired you. For more information, please visit our website, www.thetransedge.com, or you may contact us via email to frontdesk at thetransedge.com, or on Facebook, The Transedge Church. You may wish to call us on 02-4731-2419. The Transedge. A change is inevitable.
Hi guys, it's Esther here, and I just quickly wanted to remind you guys of our mission, which is to discover, develop, and empower individuals to be faithful disciples of Jesus Christ. We're keen on developing and empowering a Christian community that is youthful, creative, and driven leaders in their sphere. The part of the mission that really stands out to me is the part where it says faithful disciples. What I believe being a faithful disciple means is to love, just like Christ did. And a good example of Christ's love is in John 3:16, where it says, for God so loved the world that he gave. In a time like this, the world needs some extra love, so I encourage you to love.